Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Baki Taki. And that's right, folks, we did it. We hit the big one zero. Uh, we're never going to hit the big one zero zero because there's not 100 episodes of Baki, so this is the last big milestone. <laughs> I'm very excited for this episode because we're breaking a lot of conventions for this one. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co host, Jeff. Hi, I'm Jeff. Yes. How's it going? going good so jeff is my older brother uh and fun fact he is the person who actually recommended baki to me so without without you jeff this this podcast would just be impossible so, so the the particular episode that made me want to recommend it to you hasn't even happened yet so that's exciting if you're if you're following and enjoying the ones that have happened so far i do agree that the kind of the spec hanayama fight is where it gets pretty pretty interesting and convinced me to stick around at least but yeah excited to excited to chat about this one though and also i believe that your your wife also watched this episode yes so i because i'd already seen it although i hadn't seen it in quite some time and i did not watch the episodes leading directly into it i wanted to have a little bit more of a fresh perspective so i do have a few notes from uh my wife's watch along fun fact her first question was wait is there going to be blood in this <laughs> um, I may have stretched the truth to get her to uh, finish the episode. <laughs> oh no! Okay, well, um, before we get into the episode, so uh, we know that you've watched the entire series at this point. Um, but other than Baki, what shows are you watching? Uh, so we're rewatching Avatar. Me and my wife. That's uh, that's like Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, we're just at the end of season two um so that's that's getting getting pretty exciting uh we're also re-watching uh some of the office um and nothing more interesting than that so yeah very extremely generic tv choices are our bread and butter yeah it's almost like incredibly generic um if especially if you went back like three years when they were both like more easily accessible on netflix all right, enough enough small talk. Let's get into the what the people are here to see. So this episode starts off one of my favorite episodes so far. Our openings: Dorian walks into an amusement park. Uh, it's late at night and there's nobody around. Uh, and well, can I preface this by saying so I didn't watch the the episode in advance. And like it doesn't actually start with him walking into the amusement park. It starts with a a, a crowd shot of like a hundred dudes looking scared at one guy lying on the floor and that's that's it um then we watch dorian walk into an amusement park i'm not even sure if we see him walking during the crowd shot (laughs) it's true it's true sorry i did forget there was a crowd of people yeah listeners know that the that is the shinshin kai army who drove him there mad max style um and then dorian beat them up and decided that uh, he wanted to go into the amusement park. Um, and they want him to go to the amusement park too. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> but, but then he said, "I'll let you guys fight me, but you got to do it one on one." And one guy tried it, and it didn't. Always go very mistake well. against Dorian. Yeah, Dorian, Dorian, the guy who is like using, oh my god, what is it? a million dirty tricks like Dorian's the type of guy who'll throw a grenade at you and then light you on fire but don't two on one him that would be that would be against your code yeah 
Okay, Lazard interrupts. He's he's walking into he's walking into the amusement park. Yep. And he meets a very jovial little clown. Can can you walk me through what happens there, Jeff? So I've I recently um we watched uh Top Gun Maverick and there there's some online theories floating around about that where like maybe a lot of it is a dream or hallucination. Um mm-hmm. after kind of like a near death experience. And Dorian walks into this and just meets a clown. Like all the lights turn on, and then there's this clown. Ta-da! An honor and a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Dorian. I'm Ashida, the manager. I run this here place. And the clown is not afraid of Dorian, despite being maybe a third of his size, maybe less by total body mass. I assume this clown, and like he says, he runs the thing, right? He says he he owns the fairground. Yeah. I don't know if maybe this guy was introduced in the manga or something. I don't know. Um, I think he's just another one of the millions of people who do Shinshin Kai karate. Also, I don't think clowns typically run the amusement parks that they work at, but this this guy's going the extra mile. So my theory is this guy does not exist. Um, <laughs> Dorian just sees the lights come on and he's like, oh, maybe there's a fun little clown for me to play with. Um, because what happens directly after meeting the clown is he takes the clown's hand and walks around the park and then goes on some rides uh, without the clown. And we don't see the clown again for, I believe, the rest of the series. Yeah. No, I Is think you're right. Accurate? I, I, I don't. I don't think we're ever going to see the clown again. I, I, I just rewatched the episode. It doesn't, he doesn't come back this episode. I don't think he's... Yeah. yeah. I think he might um, be so onto something. Yeah. So, I yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but I think maybe that was just a, just a clown-based hallucination. <laughs> I hope you like amusement parks. Oh, I'm planning to have the time of my life tonight. <laughs> we do then see Dorian ride the carousel and the uh, teacups. Uh, and for some reason, I don't know if my eyes were deceiving me, but I'm pretty sure they used like the 3D fight <laughs> stuff to animate the carousel. <laughs> Which is a bold, dramatic choice. I don't think I really needed to see it like in full 3d moving around to get a sense that like this is a grown man laughing on a carousel so so here's the thing the dorian is having like it's tough to put into words how much fun he is having on these these rides and and not not like roller coasters like literal rides for babies like it's it's wild his his reactions are some of the most extreme i've seen in the entire series like it's not a fight it's just him enjoying a teapot or like a a teacup spinning around like why is he a death row inmate like his motivations are not like he has so much more fun just living life he could just go to the amusement park every day and have a better life than you or i but instead he decided to try to kill himself uh by being hung in a arizona prison and then so yeah. yeah, my theory, my theory on that is, uh, we'll we'll kind of see in this episode, and I imagine uh, if you've watched the previous episodes, um, Dorian's kind of like his thing is the reversals of fortune. 
where like he you think he's in a bad spot and then suddenly he's got some kind of nonsense that he's got coming and so i think maybe he's inflating his own enjoyment to like just pre-prep whoever's going to attack him um so that he can like get off the first reversal of fortune uh, maybe maybe he, he can't really uh, enjoy the taste of defeat unless he has lived life to the fullest beforehand that's that's definitely possible and i mean like he does know he's going to he knows he's going to be fighting people you don't wander into a, a broken down amusement park with a possibly hallucinated clown after being driven there by an army of a hundred guys who want to beat the crap out of you <laughs> you're just gonna ride the carousel all night yeah, you know you're going to get into a fight, but what he didn't know is that he would be getting into a fight with Suedo. Um, so before this episode, you texted me that there was a character you forgot existed. I'm just assuming that that was Suedo. <laughs> yes, but he does a good job of making me remember who he is. Because as soon as he jumps onto the scene by like full body drop kicking a teacup off the ride, which is one of the more impressive feats of strength, I think we'll see. Uh, he just immediately introduces himself apropos nothing. He says, I'm, I don't know his name, Atsushi? So yeah. something? Uh, he's a third degree right. black belt, and he's ready to die. Um, that's that's the key things about this guy. I'm Atsushi Suedo, and I'm a third degree black belt. I'm ready to die here tonight. Well, you know what's funny? Like, we, we, we laughed about this a few episodes about how when Doyle jumps through the window, he should just yell, I'm Doyle. Like, Suedo does that. And I think the reason he does this is this is the first fighter in the show who has not had the narrator introduce him. Um, and I think that says a lot about Suedo as a character. It certainly didn't make me optimistic about his chances. Like, when you, when you, when you show up to fight and you're, you think the most important three qualities are, this is my name, this is my martial arts rank, and I'm gonna die. Uh, in Baki, that's that's about as if I was a betting man, I wouldn't be very optimistic about Tetsushi's chances. Yeah, especially third degree black belt. Like I want to like maybe if he jumped in and said like I'm a hundredth degree black belt, and that's like his gimmick or something. But <laughs> Suedo's other gimmick, of course, is that he's big. But unfortunately, Dorian is as big as him, so it doesn't really mean Dorian. much has the great line in the dub where he says i was beginning to doubt that i'd ever find anyone else my size in this country yep. but like there's not many people dorian says in the world <laughs> he could like join an nba team and he'd be taller than most of the people on the court at any given time and certainly larger i now i'm just picturing the death row inmates as like a basketball squad like you got speck and dorian down in, <laughs> down in the post he just climbs up a guy <laughs> and just dunks it on top of him. They pass to Sikorsky, who's on the jumbo truck. Yeah. Well, the problem is, anytime you pass the ball to Doyle, he's just going to puncture it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the problem. But then Yanagi reinflates it with his vacuum hand. <laughs> That'd be a team that like could rival the Monstars. Yeah, no, it's a great point. There's not a lot of people Dorian's height anywhere in the world. I, I would say, like, a large fraction of them are in the cast of Baki. Yeah, so I don't know if we want to just keep going, but they, they fight. Surprise, surprise. Atsushi punches him in the face. Uh, Dorian, I don't know what the order is. They punch each other a few times. Dorian gets a punch in, and the guy says uh, something along the lines of, Wow, is that it? Wow. 
that the best you got? Huh? You had to do more than that to get on death row! You would have had to do more to get onto death row. Um, he is right. not... If you punch a guy in the face, you don't usually end on death row. Yeah, but also, like, you don't need to get on death row just by punching somebody to death, right? Like, you could have poisoned them, like, without oxygen. <laughs> you could have, like, stabbed them. You could have shot them. Like, there's a lot of ways you could get onto death row with weak arm strength. I like, I'm not, this show kind of has a conceit that, like, to get onto death row, you have to be the toughest of the tough. Because it's assumed that anybody who ever commits a murder committed it by punching the person repeatedly. Well, it's, it's breaking it's, face. Well, you've never seen in the courtroom when they have those, like, punching machines. You gotta go up and just hit it as hard as you can, and it just rolls up how many years to life. Yeah, that's why everybody was mad at OJ, because they know he pulled the punch. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't convict him. Yeah. So, yes, yes, that happens. Um, I love the next sequence. I think it's, like... It's going to be tough to describe in the podcast because it's such a visual moment, but Dorian runs away from Suedo and they just run for, they run throughout the park and the Dorian's run is just the goofiest thing I've ever seen. Uh, he's in like a full business suit also, just in case that wasn't what you were picturing. <laughs> picturing. <laughs> and he just runs through an abandoned amusement park while Suedo in like combat fatigues brags about how he can run 100 meters in 11 seconds did you also enjoy that that chase i actually so i didn't notice as much the first time but the second time it's very artistically done like there's it's just there's no music and it's just like really harsh step sounds as they as they run where do you think you're going <laughs> you actually think you can get away from me? <sighs> I can run the hundred meters in eleven seconds. Like they and they run enough that you start to think like, is this gonna be the rest of the episode? Like, are they just gonna? <laughs> you know, is he gonna run? Is that like his other secret power? Is he's like he's such a good runner that he's gonna tire the other guy out? But that's that isn't what happens. They, they do eventually end up but it, it's a very it's a very bizarre sequence and yeah his little quote about I can run 100 meters in 11 seconds this guy really wants to get his like stats on screen I don't think that's that impressive to a man who's like twice your size and a throw in yeah no I agree I don't think he's I don't I don't think Dorian was running in fear because he knew how fast Suedo was I do have a quick theory that um, Dorian was just running away because he wanted to get on another ride because his ride was broken <laughs> <laughs> he's like the park's oh gotta God. close soon i gotta i gotta get on soon because it's so emotionless he's not like oh i'm gonna get away or like oh i'm scared he's just kind of like oh man all right well, on the roller coaster and the thing is that's not even a theory because that's what he does uh dorian runs away and gets on a roller coaster um and then suedo of course jumps on the roller coaster and it's the perfect set piece uh two two eight foot tall men on a roller coaster that's going up about an 80 degree incline uh and then dorian starts telling him um asking him if he's really ready to die well i just i love the line it's one thing to say you'll die for your friends safe on the ground you know suedo it's one thing to say you're ready to die for a friend when you're safe on the ground but now 
The situation's changed a little. <laughs> it's like, it, is that really <laughs> different than on a roller coaster? Um, apparently Dorian definitely thinks it is. Uh, it's, spoilers, he might be right. I, I think he is right there. But um, do you think Suedo had any idea what was happening when he jumped on the roller coaster? Because it seemed like he was very shocked when the roller coaster went up the hill. I think he thought... I think maybe he's used to fighting people who don't. Whose gimmick is... like it, It's like somebody was like, this guy hurt your friend. And he's like, he was out the door before he said. And his gimmick is really weird stuff. <laughs> like he's gonna try and light you on fire or something and he's like oh no this guy's gonna try and punch me so he like runs out and he seems very surprised by everything dorian does which should not surprise anyone who is even remotely familiar with what he's done so far yeah um i didn't i don't think he thought the roller coaster was gonna start i'm surprised he stays on it when it starts moving yeah like they're not secured in the chairs he just kind of goes well this is an interesting development let's see how it plays out yeah and then they they just go up the up the hill so they they go up the hill uh as they go down he loses sight of dorian in what i can only assume was magic ends up behind uh suedo <laughs> i i've debated long and hard how this is possible and i can't think of a realistic way uh, yeah how you can jump how yeah you can go over a hill and then somehow get eight cars back behind somebody without them even noticing and I can't, uh, I can't blame Suedo for falling for it. Because why would you look behind you <laughs> at that moment? Yeah. Like, did he... Yeah, anyway. I, I wanted to just call out a quick um, line from my wife here, which was, uh, Dorian says, a fall from up here is certain death. Uh, and she said, what, is it? Because, um, like, <laughs> these guys take a lot of punishment. And, like, just to assume that, like, falling off of a roller coaster that's not even that high... Like, we've already seen people jump out of buildings multiple times and just be, like, kind of like, eh, I'm okay. Even Dorian, when he goes to his hideout, he just jumps down a giant shaft. Yes, but that's not out of a roller coaster. <laughs> no, that's that's um, that's some really great foresight, honestly, for what's going to happen. Um, yeah. So they, they begin fighting on the roller coaster, as you'd expect. Um, it's it's a wild roller coaster. I have to assume it's the world's largest roller coaster because it just keeps going infinitely. Um, it definitely I, holds the record for the biggest loop. I, yeah, and there. Okay, I don't think I know that centrifugal force is a thing, but I don't think that if I stood up on a roller coaster without my seatbelt on, that I could just stand there as it goes across the world's biggest loop. Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe it was like a corkscrew that went on for like a few miles <laughs> but yeah what we're talking about here is uh the the fight is actually pretty boring in terms of like punches landed yeah. it just basically doran shows up and choke holds him for like 10 seconds straight and then they go into a loop which causes them to both fly out of the chokehold and stand upside down facing each other as the thing goes through the loop yeah um they also have a conversation while this is happening that lasts like a good minute i think maybe yeah i, I believe it it's it's a long conversation yeah. to have in the middle of a roller coaster in the middle of one segment of a roller coaster so so th this this fight it I, I do agree there's nothing special going on here other than that it's on a roller coaster leads into a classic Baki moment where in the middle of two eight foot tall dudes flying through an abandoned amusement park roller coaster 
uh, we learn about um, the history of the, the Sunshing Stance, which was a move used by, I assume, Japanese pirates. <laughs> can you can you tell us what the Sunshing Stance does? We first quickly we have a fun moment where the narrator describes that even though Dorian's about to kick this guy's ass, the thoughts going through his head is nothing to do with fear. Instead, we hear his internal monologue. His internal monologue is, "I got this." But despite the feelings of unease and disorientation he was experiencing in his present predicament, it was a very different sensation that was foremost in Suedo's mind. I've got this. He doesn't know it, but... I've got an advantage. Um, and then we learned why he thinks he does indeed have it, which is um, a long time ago, our, our pal... Dopar Arachi was teaching him about a particular stance. This is the Sunshine stance. Um, and he was like, well, what's the stance? And then we flash back from that flashback <laughs> to a history lesson about Japanese pirates um, and how they just couldn't figure out how to stand on ships uh, when it was rough seas until one guy did figure it out. And that's the Sunshine stance. After countless lives were lost pursuing tactical dead ends, at last one stance was found that proved effective: the Sunshine stance. And we see him just surrounded by a bunch of other people who either he beat up or just fell on the deck. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of unclear. But Dopo, we go back to Dopo, and he explains uh, that this is a useless stance that they basically don't practice anymore, but it might be useful in case you have to fight someone on a moving train, which is a bit of foreshadowing. This guy has, he has the stance. By the way, the stance looks really lame. It's just standing there, but like you kind of put your knees in, like you kind of have to go to the bathroom. Yep. Um, and that's it. <laughs> Apparently that's enough to be able to stand still on a roller coaster while being pummeled by an eight foot tall gigantic monster. The thing is, it works. Like, Suedo is actually able to get in some serious hits, and it looks like he has the upper hand on Dorian once he starts using the Sunshing stance. Like, yeah. Suedo is such on another tier than Kats uh, Katsumi. No, wait. Kiyosumi from the last episode. Like, it's not even... It's it's not even, like... The, the saddest thing is, if you're just listening along, like, this is basically Suedo's final good moment. <laughs> but... He really put in some effort into this fight that he had no no real right to, to do well in. Suedo's cardinal sin in the Baki universe is like, he prepared a lot, but he didn't get in a lot of fights where he got absolutely wrecked before this. He has like a good arsenal of stuff, but he's not ready for the eventual like end of the fight move, which is when Dorian like one-ups his one-up, his one-up kind of setup. So Dorian, of course says something suedo couldn't hear him because apparently now the wind is a factor i wasn't i I can remain unsure whether that is he couldn't hear him or he was making a joke about torian's missing ear (laughs) (laughs) in the memory of suedo i choose to i choose to think his last act is taunting with some joke at the expense of his ear Oh my god, I love it. Either way, uh, as as Suedo is pantomiming a big ear to hear Dorian, Dorian leaps at him, and they both go flying off of a roller coaster, which, um, as 
as pointed out earlier, it's instant death or certain death. Or you'd, you'd think so. They both go flying to the ground. At the last minute, Suedo's able to flop around so that Dorian is beneath him. Um, and then something happens, something that I think even the animators realized doesn't really make sense. So they didn't... <laughs> there's a lot of... There's a lot of implied collision. Yeah, what, what happens here is like a straight retcon like 10 seconds after the event occurs <laughs> yeah like it, it's it's a bold move because we just uh we watch them both hit the ground and then bounce off the ground and sustain injuries from hitting the ground mm -hmm. and dorian just gets up and goes uh but i didn't hit the ground <laughs> it's like you did we watched it <laughs> like it's it's not even unclear like when they hit, my my wife specifically said they had very bouncy bodies. Yeah. Um, because they, they do hit the concrete and get like a good six feet of air off of that hit. But yeah, it turns out Dorian still has his fishing wire, um, and he used it to somehow prevent him from hitting the concrete as hard. I think I think what happened is on the way down he used it like a lasso and hooked onto a streetlight somehow. And then, yep. like, Spider-Man used it to, like, not hit the ground and instead put all of that damage onto his wrist. Oh, that, that's okay. my guess. It's, it's, it's reasonable. I will say that my wife at this point, referring to the dialogue, said, it seems like they're trying to be dramatic, but it's only getting more boring. <laughs> uh, and I thought that was kind of apt. Because Dorian's just, he's just talking to this guy. And then the guy, I don't know, do you, does, do you think he just dies? No, because I don't. I, th I think people very rarely die. I also found out. Did you know Suedo like fought Baki before in like the previous series? It didn't. That must have been a pretty one-sided fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's the funny thing. All of the jobbers in this show are all people from the Ultimate Tournament before. Like Rob Robinson, Kiyosumi, Suedo. They all fought in the last tournament that Baki won. Did Robinson fought. Yeah, oh, Rob Robinson, the kickboxer. Yeah. Now that just makes me sad. I know. I'm pretty sure he lost in the first round. Oh, you know who he lost to? He lost to Kanji Igari. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not not a good time to be a jobber. Oh, and you know you know who else fought? I, Iron Mike Tyson. Oh yeah. <laughs> Having watched season two, I'm all about Iron Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that was before he got sent to jail. <laughs> Little little sneak peek for uh, for a year from now yeah. when we get to that. Yeah, so that that ends the fun part of the episode. Um, oh no, the fun part's just beginning. <laughs> All right, so Dorian gloats over Suedo. So in the end, it wasn't strength that defeated you, but brains. My little gadget proved even more useful than your fighting stance. And then uh, Katsumi shows up, and Katsumi is pissed off. Says that, says that Dorian doesn't deserve to live. You piece of shit. You shouldn't be allowed to walk the earth. A man like you doesn't deserve to live. Um, which I thought was pretty strong. Dorian right? agrees with this. <laughs> but he's there to die, basically. Or at least taste defeat, I guess. It's slightly different. Slightly different, although he, his, his first method of trying to taste defeat was the noose, so I think they are. But yeah, so behind Kitsumi comes uh, Retsu and Dopo. I, side note, I love whenever Dopo's wearing his glasses. I think he looks like such a funny character. Can I throw out, I, I haven't been following as closely as you have, 
Mm-hmm. Have we seen Retsu at all? Yep. Yes, Retsu's been in group shots, um, but also he was in the first episode and he did a training match with Katsumi. He hasn't he hasn't fought anybody other than Katsumi though. Okay. It it definitely it definitely feels. I remember the first time I ever watched this episode and I was like, "Who's this guy? Why is he here? Like, why is he teamed up with?" like Arachi and the other guy who's been fighting Dorian all this time. Who's this guy and what are his villainous ways? Uh yes. Uh, we'll get to that I guess. And it's important that they get introduced because yeah, so they're they're kind of this this standoff uh and Dorian says like, "Well, do you also hate me, Retsu?" Retsu? You too? You're in agreement with him. Do you believe that I'm unworthy of being allowed to walk the earth? Retsu looks like he hates him. But then we flash back. Yeah, then we flash back to uh, a scene with no characters we know of a bunch of people in robes watching a table of water while a very large man in the throne watches them. And then a bunch of shirtless guys have taken turns punching the table to try and get a wave to go all the way across the table of water. And the, the person who goes last gets... 60% 60% of the way, which is a failure. And then we spend a lot of time in this scene. We uh, spend a lot of time here. Like, when I, when I checked, there were 10 minutes left in the episode when we when we went, flashed back to uh, the Shaolin Temple, I assume. So, great job setting the scene. One thing I'll add is uh, Kaio Ryu is in this scene, who, without a doubt, is the most intimidating man that has been shown in the show so far. Um, I'd say he looks even... He looks more intimidating than yujiro he he looks like how you would draw zeus um if zeus had beady black eyes he he looks like how a child would draw their angry dad (laughs) (laughs) he always looks like he's on the edge of fury um and just like a terrifying authority figure and he generally acts that way um maybe without the rage elements in there if I was if I was a first time listener, you know what I'd be thinking? I'd be thinking, I can't wait to see this guy fight. <laughs> um, you would taste defeat in that case. Yeah. Um. So yeah, after everybody tried punching the um, the water, Rio just sort of walks over and says, like, you guys should have tried to do it. You guys were trying to do sixty percent. You got to do a hundred percent to do it. He does say believing that you can get sixty percent is very impressive, but it's not good enough. Those who seek to achieve 20% achieve 20%. Those who seek 60% achieve 60%. However, even believing that one can attain 60%, just that requires a considerable effort in itself. Um, yeah. I, I can get 100, I guess he implies, before punching a table and nothing happens. <laughs> For like a good five seconds before the pure force of will just moves the wave for him yeah i still don't understand how that happens like for for listeners he he punches the table and instead of a giant wave which was what you kind of are expecting just nothing happens and then over the span of maybe five to ten seconds there's like a little building wave that then turns into a tsunami Uh, and you're probably expecting that that's going to go all the way to the end of the table but then retsu shows up in the scene Retsu, how dare you! I thought he was supposed to be locked up! And punches the other end of the table, um, creating another tsunami heading towards Scary Dad's tsunami. And, I don't know, it explodes? 
and destroys the table. <laughs> I think. Yeah, it's a big splash. Yeah, bald Retsu's there as a young man. Um, I, I had to point out that the only way you can ever tell a character is Retsu is his eyebrows. Um, <laughs> Stacy was like, who's this? I'm like, oh, that's Retsu. I was like, how do you know it's Retsu? There's no distinguishing features. I'm like, oh, but the eyebrows. And we use that trick again in the same episode. Oh my god, when Kid Retsu shows up. Yeah. Kid Retsu with the voice of like... Just Retsu is so manly that Kid Retsu just has the voice of a regular man. <laughs> These were made by the bare hands and fists of men. Um, yep. any, anyway, so yeah, so Retsu is annoyed because he can do the trick that none of the other trainees can do, but he wasn't given a chance. He assumes it's due to his villainous ways, I think. Retsu. The reason you haven't reached the level of Kaio has nothing to do with your villainous nature. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I tried to look into this. I looked on the Baki Reddit, uh, or the Baki Wiki, and they said, um, they just said Retsu was locked in a cell with armed guards because of his villainous ways and gave no, no real explanation beyond that. Um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think was up with that? Uh, I have I have no idea. Um, this this is stymied me the whole time, especially because having watched more episodes, Retsu never does anything villainous any time I've ever seen him on screen. He's he, honestly he's like, like a, the nicest he, guy there. Yeah, he's like a real rule follower. Like he doesn't, uh, for example, just start fighting windows in the street um, for fun, right? Or like walking up to other fighters and just being like, "I better be fun if we see who can kill each other." Um, Retsu's like, he, he plays by our rules. He's a pretty nice guy. He's like, when you want to root for the Chinese contingent in any Baki fight, Retsu's like the guy who you're supposed to be rooting for, generally. But the, the, the apparently not here. He did something very, very villainous that caused him to get locked in a cell. Which, it, you know, I wanted to bring it up, but I could have easily not brought it up because it doesn't matter, and it never will. Um, anyway, it turns out that the reason he wasn't uh, being trained as a Kayo is just because he is not good enough. I was going to say, just Kayo, um, I'll probably put in an editor, Steve, here, of like an official definition of what a Kayo is. Well, don't I feel like a complete dork? There's no official definition of Kayo. When, when you search to find Kayo, you get redirected to the Baki wiki. There are some other uses of Kayo. Um, the most interesting to me was that the protagonist of Fist of the North Star, another martial arts anime, is called Kayo. But um, this is not a real thing. This is Baki logic. I did want to bring up, it, it's basically a term for like a really great practitioner of Chinese martial arts, sort of like a grandmaster. Um, yeah. Although when you were first listening, Jeff, because you, you, you listened to the subtitles, um, they have a different name for it, right? I believe it's Sea King. <laughs> like the Pokemon. Yeah, well, it's with a space. I think it's like Sea King Ryu or something. I don't remember. It does make the second season a lot more entertaining when they're all called Sea King. <laughs> um, I barely remembered it from this episode, um, but I, I, I know that rank comes up a lot. I guess I guess um, Retsu is probably like a Goldeen at this point. Yes. Um, then that's why he only has moderate uh, powers over the water table. So, it turns out, to be a Kayo, you must be able to take a boulder and punch it so much that it becomes a very smooth rock. Um, so, 
quickly before we get to that, I want to get to one of my favorite parts of this episode, which oh, is shit. that Retsu asks why he's not allowed to be a master. And the master says, I'll show you. And then walks down a lot of flights of stairs, um, gets to a doorway, opens the doorway, which is barred by a wooden bar, by exploding it with his hands, and presents Retsu a tunnel. And that's it. That's it. That's the answer to why he can't become a master. And even after he explains it, it doesn't make any any sense at all. My my favorite part was Lindsay watched me watch that scene, and she was like, "Oh, is he is he not a coyote because he can't open that door?" <laughs> that a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. No, he shows him a tunnel. So okay, so I this is a bit of a, a, a segue, but so I. Uh, did have you have you listened to the the most recent episode out right now, Jeff, with the um, with the grease hands? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, I've listened to grease hands. So, so I posted that a clip of that on Reddit, and it sparked a lot of debate uh, from people saying because I was saying that the grease isn't going to protect your hands from the blades that you've attached to it, and people were and uh, or somebody pointed out Dorian's hands are so tough that he can punch through rocks. The grease, the the glass shards have no chance of penetrating his skin. So I, I just wanted to bring this up as a correction uh, that yes, Dorian's hands would not be cut by glass because they can cut. As we see in this, he can punch through quite large rocks. Um, Even training for him, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it just becomes normal after a certain point. Yeah. The question then is like, what could 1920s gangsters have punched through? Uh, did they build the subways? Um, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know if this is even a true thing for martial arts, but apparently in Kung Fu, you punch boulders, turn them into spheres, makes your hands very tough. And it turns out that one coyote actually punched an entire tunnel into the cave, um, which is just absolutely incredible uh and we find out that this kayo was a westerner and it turns out it was kayo dorian which means that retsu even though he started this flashback looking like he was going to explode ends it by going like it is a great honor to meet you to dorian that of course is the end of the episode it is a great honor to meet you this, this episode is is kind of a classic Baki one where like they have they it starts with something completely unrelated goes to something else completely unrelated you have a great the commercial break is mid fall from the roller coaster yep um, so like a fantastic transition and then we end with a, a Chinese history lesson um, about Dory uh, it was uh it's one of my it, it's a great episode. It sets the scene really well for what's going to happen next episode by not being really relevant at all, I believe. Yeah, no, it's not like Red Sea is going to fight him. And it's not like Dorian yep. really uses, like, Chinese Kempo. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think his hypno-technique is something the Shaolin monks taught him, but... Yeah, Yeah, uh, this episode is also noticeable. We, we kind of skipped over it, but the way that um, we determine Kung Fu masters can chop rocks is by flashing back to young Ratsu being taken to a room full of spheres, in quotes. None of them are spheres, but yeah, uh, they apparently were all carved by karate chops or kung fu hits. 
These were made by the bare hands and fists of men? Young Retsu is told that one of the boulders couldn't fit in the hall, which is not <laughs> technically true. But they're talking about the tunnel. I was, yeah. I was just realizing that's... I forgot Retsu's great line when the flashback ends. He just announces to himself, The riddle is solved. Yeah, he's been thinking about that for quite some time. Uh, and you can tell because he's always very focused. But yeah, he, he finally gets it. This episode is also noticeable for having two double flashbacks where the so we have the one with the the history lesson about the um sunction stance yeah uh, and we have the retsu flashback where we we flash to one area and then we flash to an area within that area um that was not connected to what was happening in the main one it is impressive um, those double flashbacks yeah it's a mark of good storytelling uh you learn about it in a lot of writing classes that so you want to try and <laughs> get as many flashback layers of depth in there so the audience can really follow along with what happened in 1700s japan oh my god yeah oh just a just a classic episode there yeah i think i think that was that was everything i wanted to cover so a few quick questions on the outro for you jeff i'm trying to ration all of the characters um so i'm gonna save retsu for another day um, can you can you define Suedo for me? Yeah, his name's Suedo Atsushi. He's a third degree black belt. <laughs> he was ready to die. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, in his own words, I, I can't beat them. Uh, I will add, he can run a hundred meters in eleven seconds. Yeah, you can toss that in there. I think that makes sense. Oh man. Okay. So now here's here's the question. So. As as somebody who has watched all of Baki, would you consider Baki a good show? Uh, no, I would consider it the best show. Um, I, I don't think you can beat it. Uh, every time I think I'm out, it pulls me back in. There's there's very few shows like it. Um, I, I a lot of it's almost like a like a an anime interpretation of an anime interpretation of an anime interpretation of a manga, like. It just, it it's not even really a thing anymore. It's just like, uh, the stuff that happens in it is so incomprehensible that it's just like, well, these characters need to fight, so they're going to come up with reasons, and then the fight will occur. But there's no like background, there's no introduction, there's no really reason for them to be fighting. They just kind of go at it, uh, and it's it's just a joy to watch. I would say took the words right out of my mouth did 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 uh did stacy have an opinion on the episode uh she did at one point say there's a lot of muscular men around that might be as close as i can get to like an opinion oh she did she did at the beginning say um is baki in the episode and i said no and she said that's not true but i was right yeah i think this is the first legit episode with zero baki yeah. The last episode might not show up, and I didn't even think this episode was the one I was watching. I thought this episode was the one where, um, like the next episode, I completely forgot about Swedo at all, and I definitely didn't think this was the episode where we learned that uh, Dorian was a kung fu master. No, same. Well, and, and I, I've, I've already scheduled my next the the guest for episode eleven. Baki Taki crew, I'm here. Can't wait. And I watched that one, and I was, and the fight's still not over. <laughs> I was just like, "This is just going. This is gonna go on forever." 
Um, but that's that story. Do remember? When, so when I watched Baki, I was I was so um, old school that there were only the first what twelve or thirteen episodes out. The second part of season, the second part of the first season wasn't out yet at that right. time. Um, so the Dorian fight started, and I thought they were going to get through all five Death Row inmates by the end of the season. And every episode, it looks like that arc is over with Dorian. And every episode, he just keeps going. Um, it was a really interesting experience to, oh. to see how long he can last and how much damage he can wreak. Yeah, he's he's truly... It's, it's, in that same uh, Reddit comment and thread, somebody posted how season one is Dorian's arc and he's the main character. <laughs> and I thought that was a fun interpretation. Oh, man. All right. Well... Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, for... everybody. This is Baki Taki. We'll see you next week. Thanks for coming on the show, Jeff. Uh, great having you on. And uh, if you're if you're enjoying the show, make sure to leave a review. Uh, make sure to follow along. Uh, one one day we'll get back into the the top five Canadian Apple podcast anime podcasts. But uh, until that day. Uh, we'll keep on Baki and Baki and Taki and Taki Baki. See y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs>